What's going on, Defenders? Welcome to episode 161 of the most LAFC podcast out there, I, I suppose. Uh, my name is Christian Philly Philemon, the self-proclaimed beast of the East, from the East, rather, and the self-proclaimed toast of the East Coast. And joining me here at world-famous Philomonster Studios around the corner from XRM Media, where we did the pregame and postgame show with 110 Football, the mouth of the South Bay, the tyrant of threads, the king of the shawl, J.R. Liebert. The scarf. I just got to ask my my co-host here. I, I normally start out with, "What is good? Are, are you good, buddy?" Yeah, I just you know, it's you sure numb, frustrated, disappointed, cynical. I mean, there's just so many emotions that are more negative than they are positive floating through my brain. All right, but let's focus on the positive. You're not hungover. No, that's, that's a positive. That, that's yes, a good thing, that's good. Right? That's good. You're, yes, you're not injured. Uh, 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 mentally or about, physically? Well, we're going to talk about injuries today. Okay, so, so physically, not, I'm fine. Okay, I didn't. Good. Te- I didn't tear my butt. And and even though you turned yet a year older, you're in year 41. Which is this? Is this also, by the way? I forget what number he was. Is this your Edamadu Ed, Edamadu birthday? Uh, no, he was 40. He was 40, he was 40. so if you're trying to find a way to poke fun at me, I, was, I get it. I, this bit. was my Eldon Campbell birthday, yeah, one year away from my re- Jackie Robinson. You've gone away from your Edgemadu birthday is what I was insinuating. Yes, like bit, further yeah. further climbing up the yeah, fourth floor. Up the yeah. fourth floor. Yeah. Th- thank you. Just, just need, may I remind you that yes. you're not too far away f- from that. So not yet Enjoy on the your time I am. on the third floor because it is I coming am. to an end relatively it, quickly. Relatively quickly. Speaking of... Of which it was Philly's birthday on the thirteenth. A very happy birthday to one Christian Philly Philemon. Thank you. We and are, I loved your post, by the way. It really you. meant a lot. Yeah, of course, buddy. I love you. Love we you are too. recording this episode Sunday, August fifteenth, which is also Papa Scarf, my dad John's hey, birthday. Hey, Papa Scarf. So happy birthday to my dad. Also, by the way, it's not going to be part of this day in LAFC history, but happy birthday to Mohammed Traore yeah. and and. Rodrigo Pacheco, there's a name. Oh boy, that we haven't thought of in reaching quite some down, time. Reaching down uh, in a hat for that. Yeah, one, Rodrigo Pacheco, first LAFC player to play minutes and then be cut. Yep, that's right. Rodrigo Pacheco, Mohamed Traore's birthday as well. So a big happy birthday to everybody here on August fifteenth as we are recording episode one sixty one. Maybe this is rock bottom. I don't know. But I think what we're going to call it is the South does us dirty in this one. It <laughs> I was, was thinking a, gone in 60 seconds. I mean, yeah, that's what happened in the second half. That's for sure. The one nothing defeat by Atlanta. Look, you want some silver lining, everybody. Last time we went there, we lost 5 nothing. So, hey, we have improved by four goals since 2018. Oh, now, boy, is he reaching for one oh, on that Oh, man, comment. I'm doing what I can, my friends. Look, anybody and everybody who watched that match for LAFC, you're all versions of pissed off, frustrated, mad, upset, apoplectic. Rightfully you so. You name it, it's out there right now, and we... Feel you. We understand this was rough. I will say, Atlanta is an extremely talented team that, like LAFC, for the majority of their season, has underperformed. And if not for a freak touch there by Murillo, I think this game ends nil-nil, which I don't know anybody who feels good about nil-nil. Yeah, but I don't still, think anybody would have felt good it, about nil-nil. Either way, I just want to say our, our defense looked good, things look good. But Philly, aspects let's, of it let's get good, into yes. the rundown. You guys know what we normally like to do. Normally, there's a whole bunch of banter, and we would like to say congratulations to the LAFC Slammers Girls Team, Girls Academy. They were named number one 
Girls Academy in the nation. Sweet. That's pretty flipping cool. LAFC Slammers, congratulations to the LAFC Slammers. And honestly, other than that, in news and notes, Mark Anthony Kay had the game-winning assist for Colorado yesterday. Oh, are we kicking off this where are they now thing? Yeah, no. I, we just got, you know, when they do something well, we want to make sure we promote them. Christian Ramirez, by the way, still killing it in Aberdeen right yeah, now. Yeah, so make sure pretty cool. Yeah, make sure you guys check that out. That could be fun. But we're going to get right into this day in LAFC history. We mentioned the two birthdays, Rodrigo Pacheco and Mohamed Traore. Also on this date, August 15, 2017, thank goodness, LAFC announces a partnership with Heineken as a founding Golden Boot Club member, and we have enjoyed that quite a bit in Founders Club. Thank you so much for partnering with Heineken. And in 2018, Christian Ramirez, yeah, I brought him up with Aberdeen, Christian Ramirez scores both goals for LAFC in the 13th and 30th minutes in a 2-0 home win against RSL just 24 days earlier. Christian Ramirez scored two goals against LAFC. And also on that date, LAFC loaned Tristan Blackman to Phoenix Rising, and he helped the team to the USL Western Conference Championship. So that is your this day in LAFC history, Philly. Yeah. Let's talk about some injuries. We mentioned we were going to bring up injuries just a little bit. Not the one that unfortunately happened in today's match, but let's flash back just a couple of days out in Las Vegas and poor Eric Duenas. I don't know. Is there something in the air in Las Vegas? This is our second player that got sent out on loan to the Las Vegas Lights who suffered a season-ending injury. The first one being Quadwo Opoku, who got hurt during his run with the Las Vegas Lights earlier in the season. Now, we have another casualty, and that casualty is our homegrown player, 17-year-old Eric Duenas, out for the season with a torn ACL and MCL. Now, according to my wife, Nurse the Panda, the ACL, again, being far worse. The MCL, just not necessarily adding more uh, kerosene to the fire. It is what it is anyway. The ACL being the one that needs the more time to to heal up, but he's going to miss the rest of the 2021 season. He's going to require some injury. The bright note is, again, he's 17, so after his surgery, he should probably heal within a day. (laughs) Obviously, that's a joke, but he has the ability to heal himself relatively quickly. The only question is really going to be where is his mental state going to be? Because when it comes to these types of injuries, we know that the science of today can help repair these things relatively quickly. And physically, the recoveries are a lot lesser, a lot lesser time and, and a lot more successful. But sometimes it's very hard to overcome the injury from a mental aspect. So we wish Eric Duenas all the best. Speedy recovery, young man. We hope to see you on the field soon. Yeah, look, quick stat about Eric Duenas. Coming into this season, he was the third youngest player ever to appear in an MLS match. Obed Vargas has since appeared for Seattle at just a couple of days younger than Eric Duenas. But I want to throw out some names, Philly. Top 10 youngest players to ever appear in an MLS match. Number one, probably the most famous player in American soccer history who unfortunately didn't do all that much. Freddie Adu became the youngest player ever in 2004 at 14 years, 10 months, and one day old. My goodness. But I want to throw out 
three or four other names on that list. Number two, the second youngest player in MLS history is now yoked at Bayern Munich, Alfonso Davies, the second youngest player in MLS history. Number seven on the list is Gianluca Busio, no longer with Sporting, obviously over in Venezia. And a couple other players to watch, Jaquil Marshall Ruddy of Toronto FC. He will be playing on Canada's men's national team. He appeared in 2020 at just over 16 years old. Number 10, Cade Cowell, Philly, on that list, who we like to watch. Sandwiched in in between Jaquil Marshall Ruddy and Cade Cowell, the ninth youngest player ever to appear in MLS history, Christian Torres. So, fun list, fun list. We've actually played against most of the players on this list now. That's how MLS is trending. Got a couple of Seattle Sounders, Danny Leva and Reed Baker Whiting. So it's a fun list to be on. Eric Duenas, fourth youngest player. And like you said, that just means he's going to heal awfully quick. So look, that's that's our quick foray. You mentioned some, Freddie Adu, buddy. I did, yes. So for those of you who like to listen to podcasts and maybe yeah. something that's not LAFC related, Grant Wall is arguably the most popular, if not I don't know, you want to call him maybe the most important soccer writer in the United States. He's been covering the game with Sports Illustrated, not so much anymore, for a very long time. He had a really good podcast called American Prodigy, yep. and his first like several episodes was about Freddie Adu, and it's a conversation between him and Freddie, and you get to hear a lot of things about his rise and his come up, because obviously he was hyped so tremendously, but really, really fascinating if you want to take a journey outside of the world of the black and gold and focus on some history within America. American soccer, American prodigy, Grant Wall, Freddie Adu. I recommend listening to it. Yeah, look, the Freddie Adu was the most heralded teenage athlete possibly uh, before LeBron James in this country's history. So pretty cool to uh, to be able to explore the deep dive there into Freddie Adu. Philly, something that we don't want to take too deep of a dive on, but unfortunately we've got to rip the Band-Aid off and talk about it eventually. The one nothing loss to Atlanta in the House of Horrors, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. No word on if Kanye West was in attendance or not. Philly, one nothing. Super frustrating. Ugh, another one. And honestly, <laughs> let's get right into the lineups because this was a lineup where I heard it and I was like, I don't know. Let's see how it goes. A lineup that did play surprisingly well through the first 45 minutes, though. Yeah, without a doubt. And when you say that, uh, we, we have to talk about how LAFC had a couple of people on the questionable list. Yes. So it was really discouraging to see Kim Moon Hwan out of the 18 and questionable with a hamstring issue. And then, of course, Jose Cifuentes also questionable with a hamstring. Look, pulling your hamstring is never a very fun thing. You never know which way it's going to go. And Bob was asked this in the press conference post game today how Kim Moon Wan's injury happened. And it so just so happened that he pulled himself out of training at the Performance Center at Cal State LA. He felt like something happened. And within two days, he said nothing healed. So he didn't he didn't travel with the team. Bob said he was getting imaged today, and we'll find out sooner or later what the story is with his hamstring, but we can't say that uh, the hamstring was bothering Jose Cifuentes because, well, he had a rocket of a shot, a rocket to Russia to quote a Ramones album. But let's get into the LAFC lineup. Thomas Romero in between the pipes, and it's very nice to see Thomas in there. Bob's obviously very confident in him. The young man having an opportunity to prove himself once again, not causing a goalkeeper controversy. He really thought we'd see Pablo Cisniega. At least I was kind of hoping for it, but we got Thomas Romero in between the pipes. And as far as the rest of the lineup is concerned, Scarf, we threw all those defenders back there as our 
co-host on 110 Football, or one of the co-hosts, rather, uh, Jacinio, stated, we got uh, Tristan Blackman, we have Murray, we have Mamadou Fall making his first start. Then we have Chiki Palacios, Edward Atuesta, Latif Blessing, Marco Farfan, Brian Rodriguez, Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi. On the bench, Sebastian Ibiaga. We have Daniel Chrysostomo, Raheem Edwards, Jose Cifuentes, Christian Arango, uh, Jordan Harvey, Francisco Janela, Pablo, obviously, and Alvaro Quesada. What does the Atlanta United lineup look like? Easy for you to say for Atlanta. Not yet available. They're much ballyhooed signing. And anytime I get to use the word ballyhoo, that's a fun podcast. So again, if you're playing along on the Defenders bingo game, please cross out the word ballyhooed. Luis Araujo, the Brazilian winger who played the last several seasons at Lille in Liga 1 over in France. He is not available yet for Atlanta United, and thank goodness because they didn't need him, and they still put the hit out on LAFC. Everyone's favorite goalkeeper, Brad Guzan, who Philly likes to call Runkle. That's for right, Californication fans. And out there. if you don't know, Google Runkle, and it's pretty funny. He had stints at Chivas USA and Aston Villa before coming to Atlanta. One hundred forty-one appearances and fifty-three clean sheets for Atlanta United. They started five in the back, Philly, just like we did. George Bello, the 19-year-old Nigerian native who has come through the Atlanta Academy, has three caps with the U.S. men's national team. Anton Walks, London-born, spent his entire youth career with Tottenham, no doubt a fan of Rich Orozco's. Alan Franco, a 24-year-old Argentinian center back. Miles Robinson, you may know him from some Gold Cup escapades. The former Syracuse Orangeman who has started, re- who starred recently, excuse me, with the U.S. men's national team. And we will see him at Bank of California Stadium on the 25th in the All-Star game. Ronald Hernandez, the Venezuelan native on loan from Aberdeen. Yes, the very same Aberdeen that Christian Ramirez is now playing. Also played with Staubach, a team that Bob Bradley became the first American to coach in a European first division with. So Ronald Hernandez, couple of connections there to some former LAFC and current LAFC progeny. Marcelino Moreno, dynamic Argentinian midfielder formerly with Lanush, has created more chances since mid-July since any other midfielder than any other midfielder, excuse me, in Major League Soccer. Santiago Sosa, the Argentinian formerly with River Plate. Mateos Rosetto, the Brazilian who played in Brazil's first division before coming to Atlanta. Ezekiel Barco, he's capped over 90 times with Atlanta and has aspirations of Europe. But unfortunately, he's been a bit of a disappointment since Miguel Almiron left. And you know him and you love to hate him. The second biggest superstar, in my opinion, in Major League Soccer over the last five years. Joseph Martinez, the Venezuelan star who has won MLS Cup, MVP, Golden Boot, and a U.S. Open Cup in just a handful of seasons. He has 94 goals in 118 matches, and I believe that was coming into this. So I believe he's now at 95, spoiler alert. It is 82, though, in Major League appearances, like yeah. Major League soccer goals, rather. Yes, exactly. No, he, he is very, very good. Uh, it's just one of those players that you circle on your calendar you want to come watch. In the 18, just one player I want to mention among others, Eric Kubo Torres, who has played with four different clubs in Liga MX, and he had runs with the Dynamo and Chivas USA before coming to Atlanta. That Philly rounds out the lineup for the Dirty Dirty. 
And look, rather than do this whole minute-by-minute rundown, let's talk first, Philly. (laughs) The roof, the shade, the shadow, (laughs) the sun. Let's talk about... That was kind of awful, by the way. What's that? The the sun, the The, shade, the the opening of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Look, it had more to do with Brad Guzan and getting in his face than it did with anybody on our squad, so I wasn't all that upset about it. Well, they fried the poor supporters at the end of the day. I mean, those are the Atlanta supporters. That's on them. They know. It's look, it's look. It's look. It's like if you sit in Figueroa Club, you know that you're going to get the sun on those early days. Sit on the opposite side of the pitch, and you won't get the sun all that much. But that being said, it was a tale of two halves. I thought the first half, Philly, first 45 minutes of play, was a microcosm for both of these team seasons. Coming into this match, because of the RSL win, Philly, LAFC was eighth in the table, Atlanta sitting 10th in the table. And if you would have told the soccer Don, Don Garber, that at the beginning of this season, at about 21, what, 20 matches in, excuse me, about 20 matches into the season, Philly, you would have Atlanta and LAFC on the outside looking in of the playoff race with only a handful of games to go. We're talking about 15 or so matches left in both teams' seasons. It would be nervous time for the Soccer Don. These are the two biggest clubs of the last five years in Major League Soccer, not counting Seattle Sounders. And I got to say, the first half, a real microcosm of the way that these two teams have played this season. It was a fun track meet, Philly. We had things going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, but really not a whole lot going around. 24th minute was like the first real time there was any urgency by either side. Yeah, there was a nice shot by Walks in the 17th, I think it was, or right around there, where we had a nice save by Tomas Romero. But lots of fun around the box for LAFC there in the 24th minute. It was a good pass from Cheeky, couldn't connect. And my favorite play in all of sports, the bicycle kick, Philly, we got to see from Carlos Vela, didn't do a whole lot. But we're talking 20, 25 minutes in Philly with not much happening. No, not much at all. And yes, Vela tried to pull something out of nothing. Brian was there to try to get some skin on that ball, but he was called offside. So had he been able to score a goal, I mean, that would have been an ironic thing. He finally does something really nice and it gets called due to offside. So that's the first real threat of the game. We fast forward to around the 32nd, 31st minute. Free kick. Barco with a golden opportunity, but the ball deflects off the wall, and by wall, I mean little Latif blessing. Tomas Romero got a hand on it, but it sailed out of bounds. Barco had one heck of a shot on it, but thankfully Latif was there to spoil what could have been a one nothing goal. Now, maybe this is your homerism, first glossing over the 29th minute, Philly, because you and I My have homer-isms. both been ac- but you and I have both been accused of being homers in the past. Oh, okay. But can we just have a moment of silence, please, for Marco Farfan? Because what 19-year-old George Bello did to Marco Farfan oh, yeah, he in the 29th him. minute. in his pocket, globetrotter. To oh, my him. God. Thank you, Tristan Blackman, for coming over and helping out Marco. But that was bad. Go back, if you can, and watch the match. Just fast forward to the 29th minute. You're going to miss a great save by Tomas Romero in the 26th. It was a great set-piece save by Tomas. thought Tomas Romero played really, really well in this match, by the way. But, man, Marco Farfan. And in the 35th minute, speaking of Tomas Romero playing well, Philly, I mean, Joseph Martinez of 2017-18-19, he finds the back of the net. But Tomas Romero coming all the way out on a breakaway to make that save on Joseph Martinez. That was huge. 
And Philly, he had another shot in the 35th minute. Brian, yes, Brian, down the left wing, he went flying. And then? And then what? No and then. There was no and then. There was no Absolutely and then. no and then. No Your and Brian then. song, I used, I had these fun little acoustic guitar chords for it needs to be like a, a punk rock song like like an angry one uh, like harness like the angriest punk rock band you could think of brian get out of town brian like that's wow, where i would pretty go upset with my, uh, right now look it was it was how a good could i save. not be it how was a good save by runkle right diving save to his left yeah, on a great fingers shot. on it sure hey, the shot was on target the shot was Brian. Score a goal or make an assist that leads to a goal for once in your life, Brian. So, sorry. 39th I'm done. minute. I'm done. You got to explain to me, though. This was all because of Brian Rodriguez, by the way, in the 39th minute. It was Brian Rodriguez getting pulled down from behind, taking his man 1v1. Probably should have been a yellow card. Gives us a free kick just outside the box. Yeah. That's which goes fair. to Edward Atuesta. So, Brian trying to do things. I'm, guys, I'm trying. I'm, I, I'm, I'm off the team Brian bandwagon too. Don't worry. But it was Brian. <laughs> Wait, that's gotta be our weight. I know what moment no, right there. No, you falling off that train. Don't, don't worry. The wait, what moment is coming very, very shortly. Let's talk about Edward Atuesta. I think the bullpen with the catcher was calling for a knuckleball, maybe a curveball. But Edward Atuesta gave the fastball to Mamadou Fall. Mamadou Fall. It connects and not up top because Mamadou Fall is tall. No, no, no. He had to bend down and dive and get ahead on it. Philly, it was beautiful. LAFC up one nothing until the wait. What? what moment of the match when unfortunately, correctly, in the 41st minute, VAR Philly rules Mamadou fall, offside, no goal, still nil-nil. Chris Penso, the number one, uh, he's on our hit list. He is the ref that took a look at the VAR and negated the goal. During the presser, Bob was asked, what was your thought about the disallowed goal? And of course, Bob is going to be against it. We're all against it. Wrong use of VAR. Not a clear line. The league should come clean and have better transparency. Those are among some of the words that Bob used when asked about the disallowed goal. It would have been a dynamite thing oh. for that young man getting the start to score a goal. Edward Atuesta curled it in beautifully. At first, it could have been a shot. I don't know. No, I mean, it curled really nicely. It was set up perfectly. Put it on a dish for Mama Dufal. But we're talking about a nose hair worth of distance offside. A nose hair. Very minuscule. But again, I might have to side with Bob on this one. It's not clear cut. It's not, it's not with indisputable evidence. I mean... I, I, I did not like the VAR call I, on that. I, look, I think I hated it more than I disagreed with it, but let's just talk Philly for one quick second. Uh, real quick spoiler here. Not much else happened in the first half. Couple of chances for Atlanta in stoppage time and, and another missed opportunity for LAFC as Mamadou Fall makes another great run and finds Diego Rossi at the center of the pitch. But Rossi, I don't know if he was deciding to pass to Vela or if he was deciding to shoot. Not a lot going on there, but Philly. The sun, I'm telling you, it goes back to the sun. Yeah. He might have been blinded, blinded by the light, but revved up talk... like a deuce, another rumor, another Rossi in the night. But let's talk about Mamadou <laughs> Fall for a minute. Philly, I think that you and I will both agree that much like Jose Cifuentes became a revelation over a series of matches a couple of seasons ago, what we have seen from Mamadou Fall in these last three matches, 
look, when there's not a lot of light shining, obviously the only light shining shines the brightest. And I think that's what we've seen for the most part from Mamadou Fall. He has been an absolute pleasant surprise through these last three matches. And you mentioned it. How great would it have been, Philly? His first ever MLS start. And he gets a goal. He put himself in the right position. Bob talks about ideas and moments and making the most of it all. He's absolutely been doing that through the first three appearances in black and gold. Yeah, I've really enjoyed his uh, his his run of form. He's again, it's hard to find a silver lining throughout the course of these last six matches. Look, spoiler alert: if you're listening to this, you probably know that LAFC lost. We haven't won a game in six in six matches, and this is our third straight loss. But Mamadou Fall, if anything, anyone, he would be the silver lining as far as your first half stats are concerned. Both teams had seven shots. LAFC with three on target, Atlanta with four, the possession. Now, here's an interesting statistic. Despite having started this game in 10th place with a mere 18 points, Atlanta United leads MLS in possession with 58.15%. By far ahead of everybody else. Interesting statistic. Though that though, those who control possession don't necessarily control their own fate. But they had seventy percent in the first half, seventy to thirty percent. And look, that doesn't necessarily matter because some of the wins that LAFC have, six wins, it's kind of crazy. You know, there have been games where they've won without being the uh, the dominant factor within the possession. But the blaring thing that strikes me is the passing accuracy. Atlanta United, 87%. LAFC at a C- minus with 71% passing accuracy. Yikes. Not good. Not good enough. Yeah, it wasn't a great first half for either team, to be perfectly honest. Ending nil-nil seemed to be somewhat poetic, although I thought LAFC had the best chance on that header that was called off. That being said, Philly, as we sub in Jose Cifuentes for Marco Farfan and seem to go back into our old reliable 4-3-3. Old reliable, used to say. Right? I think we weren't even done talking about the substitution. Hey, (laughs) thank goodness for Jose Cifuentes. And then... Look, I feel bad, right? I feel bad for Murillo because of a deflection, but let's talk about what Atlanta did. Atlanta gave the ball to their midfielder who has created more chances than any other midfielder since mid-July, Marcelino Moreno, had a beautiful ball over the top that unfortunately Murillo deflected towards Ezekiel Barco, who was already flashing down the left side. Barco crosses it, and look, we talked about how Joseph Martinez... Got saved on early in the 35th minute, I believe, in the first half. Unfortunately, Tomas Romero, he almost got a foot on it, but you're not stopping Joseph Martinez on shots like that. The only player to score in every match versus LAFC for Atlanta would be Joseph Martinez. And God, I just... one nothing Atlanta off of a bad touch, off of an odd deflection. Philly, I just... I didn't think that we could find other ways to go down one nothing, but here on a ball that was seemingly defended okay, it was Ezekiel Barco finding Joseph one nothing Atlanta. Yeah, so ESPN had LAFC's formation at a three four three to begin the game, and then we, like you said, went back to old reliable the four three three. Going back to something you know, something you're comfortable in, something that's been reliable. Well, old reliable allowed a goal, and we were gone in 60 seconds. It was it was a very nice play off of a throw in. 
all off of a throw. Mourinho, great pass. Murray, you said it. Joseph Martinez nets in his fifth goal of the season and his 82nd MLS goal. And there's your offense. There is the only goal of the game. And (laughs) got to give a shout-out to Joseph Martinez's subtle nod to the (laughs) footy mob. Go back and watch the replay. You will completely understand what I am talking about with subtle nod to that. But gone in 60 seconds. That's all it took. That is all it took for Atlanta United to come in and Again, it's interesting. We tinker with the offense. We do things. But going back to something that we know and something that we're familiar with, I mean, yes, it was a freak play. But with all these defenders back there, how is it that that play essentially happens? Off of one throw in, a long pass, a deflection, off to the races? Where the heck was everybody? Yeah, look, it did not end well for LAFC. We thought just two minutes later, by the way, can we talk about Jose Cifuentes' hamstring for just a minute? You and I were a little worried, and then all of a sudden, Jose Cifuentes fires a, as you called it, rocket to Russia. Yeah, Ramon. I mean, that crossbar is still ringing right now. Absolutely blasted it. If that ball is literally two inches down, we have a 1-1 ball game. Unfortunately, that was not meant to be 59th minute Philly. So after about an hour, Bob had seen enough of Brian Rodriguez. Brian comes out for Chicho Arango. And congratulations to Sebastian Ibeaga, who makes his first appearance for LAFC, coming on for Jesus David Murillo. And I thought it didn't take long, Philly, for Christian Arango to make his presence felt just five minutes in. That little flick from Vela over to Chicho, and it was just wide from Arango. And that's what I like to see, right? If we have no Kim Moon-Hwan, and we've seen those great overlapping runs come from Kim, and it's really been Vela and Kim Moon-Hwan that have made it work. Well, now we've got that happening with Chicho as well. Although I didn't like that they kept putting Chicho out wide, Philly. No, I didn't like that at all because he is meant to be in the middle of Rossi and, and Vela to allow them to do their things within a natural way. Obviously, the offense is fluid, so they're going to like maneuver around. They're going to change position. But man, that that ball it smashed right off of the uh, off of the advertisements. I would uh, have to refer to what Jan- John Champion said about it. He called it a very meaty strike. I've never heard that term before. <laughs> meaty strike, what well, playing at the Troubadours, as you would like to say. Right? But Chicho Arango is brought in for uh, not. I mean, not one reason, but the reason being. Goal scoring. Yeah. Something that LAFC has not really had all the season. When you are a kid who leads any league, regardless of where you are, leads them in scoring, well, then the onus would be for you to do that, for him to be in the middle, for him again to have the ability to tap in a pass from Rossi or, or Vell or keep himself open in situations where they're taking shots or being there potentially on, on a rebound to clear clean things up. His heat map, as we talked in the early aspects yes. of the 110 pregame show, his heat map indicated that his ecto-cooler residue was all over the place. Not just up top. He's running outside on the wings. He's running back to play defense. But he just hasn't had enough time to fully insert himself into the lineup, but it was a great back heel pass off the free kick, and, and he nearly converted. There have been a couple of opportunities that he's had to like make an impact. Yep. I'm going back to the last game. He had about three chances. He had some chances relatively quickly within this game as well. Uh, I, I would potentially put him as a stock rising to go along with Mamadou Fall as well. Yeah, no, he, he definitely has played well for us in limited minutes. Unfortunately, a player who won't be playing well for us for the near future In the 77th minute, it was bad. You could tell that Cheeky knew something was wrong. Now, we haven't seen a replay of the injury, but Cheeky was down. And he was down 
in a lot of pain and unfortunately couldn't put any weight on it. You saw even Brad Guzan came over to him and gave him some words of encouragement. Took him quite a while to get off the pitch. And don't worry, they gave us plenty of time and stoppage time for it. But when you need to take a kid off on a stretcher, especially one with the heart of Diego Palacios, it's just, it guts you watching a kid who's that young and who has that much potential and who's been such a big piece of what we do on the back line. Philly and I, we love every defender of the bank, and he has certainly been one of our favorites over the last couple of seasons. I don't think, Philly, they got the results yet back no. from anything, but you feel for Cheeky Palacios. Bob, Bob, again, going back to the presser, it's always fun getting a chance to listen to these things. Bob was asked about Cheeky, and here's the, here's the worst part about it. It was a non-contact injury that he sustained merely passing the ball. His knee gave way merely passing the ball. How many players this season have tore up their knees? I mean, he's what, the fourth casualty of that? Am I right on that? We have Opoku. We have, obviously, Duenas, Segura, and now potentially him. We're not meant to speculate. But if it was non-contact, he heard it passing the ball. I mean, we're not talking about a dirty tackle. We're not talking about him taking a knock from anybody. It was just a routine thing where his knee gave out on him. That's a scary thing. So more on that later. Obviously, yeah. we're going to hear when he gets scope. We'll give you the update on it on the Instagram once we get clearance on it. But non-contact, yeah. knock knee, not being able to put any weight on it. Oh, Godspeed, kid. I hope you heal quick. Yeah, we're going to hear pretty soon. Look, just a couple of other things to highlight from the second half. And again, neither of them are a goal. LAFC... Just couldn't find the back of the net in this one. Want to give a shout-out and congratulations in the 81st minute. Daniel Chrysostomo subbing into the match for Latif Blessing. Latif, unfortunately, didn't really have the impact on the match that we all hoped he would have, but it was his first appearance. Daniel Chrysostomo, nine minutes plus stoppage in the career so far in black and gold for the former Las Vegas light Daniel Chrysostomo. Philly, I do want to mention a one-on-one battle that we had a lot of fun watching. It was Mamadou Fall versus Joseph Martinez in the 85th minute. And look, Joseph might have got a couple good shots in, but Mamadou Fall won the round. A great takeaway in a battle with Joseph Martinez. I got to tell you, Philly, I love this kid more and more. We watched Mamadou Fall able to get that ball away from Joseph Martinez so much so that two minutes later they subbed him out. For Eric Kubo Torres, all like 55 years old of Kubo Torres that they have. (laughs) Philly, six minutes of stoppage time and not a lot going on. But I want to ask you, Uh is this going to be a regular thing? Last match, we wasted the last minute or so of stoppage time with Raheem Edwards yelling at the ref. (sighs) I don't want to see Raheem yell at the ref. Well, here you see it again with Eduardo Tuesta. He got a yellow card what could best be described as for dissent. Yeah. He said all the magic words, by the way, in that. We play so hard for 90 plus minutes looking for that equalizer, looking for that equalizer. And we spend the last minute or two yelling at the refs, making dumb decisions, including, by the way, Raheem Edwards' shot in the 95th minute that landed in about row section 220 all the way up in the second deck. That's what you're going to do with the ball rather than settle it, look for a pass inside the box. You're going to fire one in to the second row of supporters on the second deck. I just, the way that this team has finished off their last three or four minutes in these matches, Philly, has been a little frustrating. Oh, without a doubt. And I'm I'm sorry to say, 
Yeah, Raheem Edwards trying out to be the field goal kicker for the Atlanta Falcons. Sorry, but Young Hoku, that's his job. He's got that secured. I'd rather see Carlos Vela get into it with the referees. I would rather see maybe Diego Rossi get into it with the referees. In reality, I don't want to see anybody get into the referees because all they're doing is wasting precious minutes. But LAFC certainly wasting an opportunity to go down to the dirty, dirty and take care of business. Yet again, we remain undefeated. I'm sorry, not undefeated, winless in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They've beaten us twice down there. We've only beaten them once, and that was that 2019 season. House of Horrors, I'd still call Mercedes-Benz Stadium. LAFC with their longest streak of matches, that's six without a win, third straight loss, and Atlanta United getting their second win in a row, first time since early on in the 2020 season. Blech! Yuck. Philly, I'm a little surprised at you. Why? What'd I do? He's not trying out for Atlanta's job. You were at the game. You saw the Rams kicker miss a field goal. (laughs) I think Raheem Edwards sees an opening in another sport. And frankly, let's give him a shot at it. Please go try out for the Rams field goal kicker job. I think it was McGinnis, right? Yes, it was McGinnis. Field goal for the Rams. How dare you think he's auditioning for Atlanta? He wants the job that might have an opening because I'll tell you, the job (laughs) that doesn't have an opening anymore should be Raheem Edwards' spot on LAFC. Haven't liked what I've seen from him now for the last several matches. He had a good run of a couple of matches, but I think he's going for that Rams kicker job, Philly. At least <laughs> at least the punter's job is safe with world-famous Johnny Hecker. Johnny Hecker, we love you on the podcast. We know you listen, so thank you for all the support. Former LAFC honorary we supposed to Falconer. get him? Weren't we, we talking to him like we a while were, ago? and then COVID hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then everything got shut down. Oh, yeah, that's so right. Stupid There was COVID. that whole thing. But yeah, man, it's just... What a frustrating game. Look, here's the bottom line. I said this on the post-game show. We play Vancouver on the 21st. At Bad Carpet Place. Six days from now. We need to put our healthiest lineup out there. Healthiest lineup. Get everybody healthy leaving that game in Vancouver. Enjoy the All-Star break at Bank of California Stadium. Cheer on our four All-Stars. Hopefully they don't get hurt. Cheer on Carlos Vela in the skills competition. He's going up against Gignac. It's going to be real weird seeing Vela and Chicha, by the way. Oh, oh, speaking of which. Yeah. Speaking of which, get your votes in for Captain Vela. Hashtag Captain Vela. I heard a couple of days ago, and I don't know whether or not this is true, that Chicharito was actually leading the vote. How disgusting would it be from our biggest rival, a player from our biggest rival to wear the captain's armband at an all-star game that is being held in our home? Everybody out there, Defenders Nation, the millions. And millions. We got to make sure that Captain Vela wears that armband because it would be disrespectful and downright disgusting for Chicharito to be that guy. Yeah, we got Gignac in the uh, All-Star Game Skills Competition, too. It's going to be so much fun watching that skills competition. Both of the goalies, by the way, Matt Turner and Pedro Gallese taking part in it, too. So I don't know what they're doing with the goalies, but that'll be fun. Get everybody healthy. Get everybody healthy. So that after the All-Star break, Philly... 13 days from right now at Bank of California Stadium. Chris Berman talks about nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> that was a very bad Chris Berman. That comment went all the way. Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, doesn't matter. That's what I was doing with that comment. Well, we need to circle the wagons on the 28th. We need to figure some things out so that when Carson comes to the Cathedral of the Black and Gold, Whoever we have that's healthy, whoever we have that's ready to roll, we are all on the same page. And we have one common enemy. We have one 
common rallying point, and that is to beat the crap out of Carson on the 28th, Philly. That is our season. That is our Super Bowl. Push all the chips into the middle because whether we win that match or not could determine not just this team's fate for the rest of the season, but let's be honest, Philly, it could determine the mood of the fan base for the rest of the season. This has been a rough one. But Philly, you, me, most of the 3252, most of the 22,000 that sit in the Cathedral of the Black and Gold and watch our team play, most of the millions and millions are ride or die no matter what with the black and gold. However, I'm <laughs> using my Philly reference there. We need to get a result against Carson. Are you overlooking Vancouver? Yes, I'm overlooking Vancouver. I don't care about Vancouver. Just asked, answered my question. I don't care about Vancouver. On the 28th, circle the wagons, get it together, get everybody on the same page, and let's get some goals into the back of the net. Goals in the back of the net. What a unbelievable concept. How is it that we can't score goals when we have the opportunities and the chances that we do? But you're right. I still do think that getting a win over Mark Dos Santos at Bad Carpet Place is kind of important. Yes. But there's plenty of people out there that would be fine losing every game but throughout the course of the season, but at the very least beating Carson to a pulp. I know plenty of people would feel okay with that. Look, nobody wants to lose multiple games, but obviously beating the Galaxy, there's, there's something to be said about that. Right now... We're beating ourselves. I really think that we are our own biggest enemy because, again, the chances are being created. The opportunities are there. They're just not capitalizing on them. So what the heck is the problem? The problem might come down to it just being a confidence issue. Going back to the press conference that Bob had at the conclusion of this game, Diego Rossi in particular, there's a question about his confidence. There's a lot of these boys that are suffering from a, a confidence situation. Confidence is probably the less spoken about underlying factor as to the performance of this team. They don't feel comfortable playing with each other, and that's clearly evident with the last, some of the miscommunication going on, and obviously the passing accuracy. Things keep changing from a 4-3-3 this to a 3-5-2 that. Hell, you know, that's just been the case. Uh, clearly defined roles. We don't know what they are. Newly brought in Chicho Arango still trying to figure things out. The team, confidence issues. How do you break that? You get back to the laboratory and get to the drawing board. Don't sweat the small stuff. Everything's small stuff. A small flake, a small snowflake is what creates an avalanche. And they need to focus more on the snowflakes. Because I'll tell you what, that that avalanche is, is starting to come down on this 2021 season. MLS is the only league in the world where a team cannot win any games for a couple of months. And I was actually talking about Atlanta. They didn't win for almost two and a half months, yep. yet they're still in the playoff race. That's insane. But that's Major League Soccer for you. We need to turn things around. You don't need us to tell you that, but I'm telling you, confidence has to be restored. And I don't know how to do it, but wins, mounting a a winning streak would obviously help, but... Just scoring a couple of goals in the back of the net would be <laughs> would be kind of nice too. At the very least, it would entertain all of us. LAFC, please, please. We know that there's a chance. We know that there's hope. We know that this season is not over yet. But gosh, I'd hate to be around social media, around anybody, if we do lose to the Galaxy on August the 28th. Again, we're not far, guys. We're in eighth. Playoff line is seventh. We have the same number of points as Portland. They do have two matches in hand. We are only one point back of Real Salt Lake, but they they do have one match in hand. We are only three points back of Minnesota. 
but they do have one match in hand. Either way, it won't take but a couple of wins to get us firmly back into the playoff hunt. We need to make it happen, guys. And we know that we've got Defenders Nation behind our club, the Cathedral of the Black and Gold. It's got to happen soon, though. And it's got to happen in the next couple of matches. Otherwise, we may be looking at some full-scale changes, and we don't want that no. for LAFC. Although maybe some of you guys out there do. Uh, who knows? No, there's plenty of people that want full-scale changes. There's plenty of people out there calling for blood. There's plenty of people that want to fire and, everybody. And, and you know what? Here's the frust- Here's the only part that, that I think is frustrating. I, 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 I want to read something, what somebody posted. I won't out you. I won't out you. But I want to read what you posted on Discord. I want to read word for word what this person posted on Discord. Okay. Honestly, I'm deflated. No no argument there. Nope. I can't see myself renewing my tickets next year. I'll still be an LAFC fan, but can't invest whatever money they invest a season to lose every game. So wait a minute. Well, that speaks volumes. I'm sorry. You're only there to see the matches where we win? You're only there to see the matches where we play well, not to support these boys, not to get behind a team that represents your city as well as it does off the pitch. Maybe not so much on the pitch recently, but you're not here to be part of something much bigger, to be a force for good, to be a force in the community. You know what? Not going to lie. We don't want you. No. We don't want you. Bye. If you're here for the good times, then you better also be here for the times where it's not so good. And by the way, let's just talk about what we are talking about right now. Not so good is eighth in the table with 15 matches to go and plenty of season left in front of us. And we still have Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, Chicho Arango, Brian Rodriguez, Edward Atuesta, Latif Blessing, Jesus David Murillo, <laughs> and a solid squad. <laughs> so you go ahead, do me a favor. Let me know what it's like being an Austin supporter, a Vancouver supporter, a Houston supporter. FC Cincinnati uh, supporter. Oh my God, Chicago, Dallas, Toronto this season, Miami, who has all the resources in the world and doesn't know how to fight their way out of a wet paper bag right now. You go ahead, bud. You go ahead and check in on all those other MLS teams. Let me know which team you support that wins all of their games. Are, are you are you a Manchester United fan? Well, that hasn't gone so well for you recently. How about Man City? Hey. Yeah, you didn't get Messi. Sorry about that. How about Barcelona? Yeah, you lost Messi. Sorry about that. How about Real Madrid? Yeah, you lost Ronaldo and not a lot's been going well for you lately. You go ahead and find me a team. Oh, I'm going to jump over to PSG. Have a great time. Yeah. So is, so is the whole rest of the free world for the next couple of seasons. I'm going to watch a hell of a lot of PSG too. But sorry, <laughs> dude. Thanks for your post on Discord. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hit you. Where God split you. That's all I have to say about that. Wow, I um these these rants with Scarf are starting to become epic and incredible. I I have I can't top that. What, what, <laughs> you know what? I don't know if you need to top. Yeah, it. Yeah, I don't need to top that. But let's. Can we both just wish my dad a happy birthday? Right happy birthday, birthday, Daddy Scarf. Happy birthday, John. I was gonna call him John Scarf. You can call him. You John know what's Scarf? kind of funny? My assistant is at work. Is literally his name is John Scarf. Your assistant is named John Scarf. Yeah, his my last dad name is not your assistant. Yeah, I know, I, I know, but I just, okay. I just found that kind of funny. But he ends his last name with two Fs. Two Fs. John Scarf. Shout out. He's well, he works remotely I give, out of Vegas. I give that He's Discord comment two Fs that I just talked about, by the way. But look, this was episode one sixty one. One really good rant, by the way. I'm rather jealous. <laughs> Thank you so much. I need to work on my rants. Uh, no, for the next but you know episode. what? How about this? You have the floor for episode 162, our match against Vancouver. Dear God, I hope it's a win. I hope I don't have to rant, honestly. It, I'm with you, my friend. But you know what? Either way, everybody knows how we like to end all of our episodes, including this one, 161. Bye bye.